right, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Mizzy over Zoom video. Mizzy was born and raised in Virginia, Virginia Beach, and she talks about how she got into music, started playing electric guitar at an early age. She told us about her first ever performance, which was at an actual beauty contest. She was Her mom signed her for a beauty contest. He had to show a skill. She ended up covering a Jules song. She talked about that, how she got into songwriting, attending Berklee School of Music, signing her first publishing deal, working on records for Kelly Clarkson and Jason Derulo, moving to Los Angeles, writing for Selena Gomez. She also had a song with Jojo Siwa. She actually sat down with Jojo Siwa and wrote a song with her. And she talks all about her artist project, Mizzy, and the new record called Sugar High. You can watch our interview with Mizzy on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, we'd love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. It'd be awesome. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Mizzy. I'm Adam, by the way. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about the new couple new songs you put out. And you have a record coming out right uh, next month. Yes. March awesome. 11th, Sugar High. Very, very cool. Awesome. So well, where are you based out of right now? Are you in L.A.? Yes, I'm in Los Angeles. Are you from there originally? No, I'm actually from Virginia originally. Okay. The Virginia or West Virginia? The Virginia, I mean, my, my family is like from the Western part, but you know, okay, I can still sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> right on. What was it like growing up in Virginia? Um, it was interesting. It's a very like family oriented town. I mean, I lived in Virginia beach, so I always had a beach next to me and now I continue to have to be next to the beach because it just feels more like home. Sure. Except I have palm trees now, which is nice. Yeah, the East Coast is a bit different. I grew up in San Diego, so uh, I grew up on the same Pacific Ocean that you're on. But uh, it's interesting going to like the East Coast and Atlantic Ocean, how different it is. Yeah, especially it's colder out here. Yeah, no, for sure. Like you'll, <laughs> I remember going to Hilton Head, like South Carolina, and it was like 80 in the water. I'm like, whoa, this is like a bathtub. <laughs> You go to San Diego, it's the middle of summer and it's still like 40 degrees in the water. It's freezing yeah. every, yeah, all the time. So, well, tell me about growing up there. Yeah. Oh, the warm water. Yes. Did you, <laughs> did you go to the beach quite often? Yes. I mean, only in the summer because that's the only time to go because it gets cold. Otherwise. Sure. What about now when you're in LA? Uh, yeah, I love going to the beach, except I don't go in the water at all. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either. Not not that Pacific Ocean. I think gnarly. Um, so cool. So how did you get into music? Uh, I started like I mean I played violin in like fifth grade, and mm -hmm. then I wanted an electric guitar in sixth grade, and so I started you know playing electric guitar. And then there was a beauty pageant that my mom signed me up for unwillingly, <laughs> and uh, I needed a talent. And at the time I was playing guitar and I thought, you know, I can't really like just get up there and play guitar because I wasn't that skilled, you know? 
And my dad was like, why don't you just sing and play guitar? And I was like, you're crazy, dad. Like, I can't sing. And then lo and behold, I did it. And I never looked back since. Wow. Did you do a cover, I would imagine? Yes. I did Jewel, You Were Meant For Me. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And Jewel is a, a San Diegan. Or she, I think she wrote that whole record in, in San Diego. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you did a Jewel song. You play, started playing electric. Why electric guitar? Was there a reason behind that instead of like an I acoustic? I mean, I loved, you know, like No Doubt and stuff like that. So. Okay. Drew, that drew you to the guitar? Yes. Very cool. And were your parents musical at all? Uh, no. Actually, my dad only like screamed to Aerosmith and Van Halen. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but no <laughs> instruments other than that, the electric guitar in the house? No, no instrument. I mean, we had like an organ. And, I mean, like nobody really played it. Mm -hmm. Did you, was it just because of no doubt? Like what drew you to play, wanting to play guitar? Was it no doubt? Or those bands that you were listening to at the time? I think I was just listening to like lots of rock music. And, uh -huh. you know, like I just, for some reason, I wanted to play electric guitar. So... <laughs> there you have it all right yeah. <laughs> so you do the jewel song and then what from there what happens do you keep doing covers or when do you start writing music i know you've written for a bunch of artists uh i started you know like doing covers i started you know just like playing out in places wherever i could play and uh basically how old are you when you're playing out uh i mean like when i was like 17 or something like that okay yeah I mean, like I had to play in like cut like coffee shops and things like that, and like places that people would let me. <laughs> right? Would you just yeah. show up and ask to play, or did you have like a demo? Like, how are you? I mean, I tried to go out and like you know, like get my name out there and play places. So, mm -hmm. were you? And oh, these are all cover songs, or are you writing originals at this point? Um, I started writing originals a little bit. They were really, really, really bad. Um, I think somebody has copies of them somewhere as, you know, blackmail, but. <laughs> <laughs> so were you like doing like singer songwriter things or were you still playing electric guitar? I was playing electric guitar. And at the time I even got, you know, one of those MIDI keyboards and I was like trying to make some beats at that point. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I know you have, you, you have production chops. I mean, you produce on like a, you know, a platinum record, right? <laughs> I mean, that's where it starts. You start from, you know, getting a, you know, a little MIDI keyboard and just trying what you can do. Were you just trying to like, were you interested in production and, and where was it just like, I want to use this as a tool to kind of enhance the songs I'm writing? I think I just, I kind of, as a female, I think it's, it's hard because like guys get together and they jam together and stuff like that. And I don't feel like, there's a lot of that for females. And mm -hmm. so I think I realized I was like, okay, like I want to write my own stuff. And then I wouldn't to like try to write whatever I wanted to write, you know, and I didn't want anything to stop me. So. Mm -hmm. I find that interesting that, uh, yeah, like it, it's such a different dynamic with, with women in the music industry when it comes to like producing because any guy that has a MacBook in like garage band thinks that they can just put producer <laughs> after their name. It's like, yeah, let, let's be real. Like, you know, I feel like if like a girl, if a woman or somebody does it, I don't think they get the same respect. It's interesting to me. Did you, yeah, did you see that in, in, in the industry at all? I mean, it's really, really hard as a female because I feel like you have to work 
a lot harder to prove yourself than a guy, you know, like a guy instantly walks into a room and they instantly think, okay, like this guy knows what he's doing, you know, but a female, like, they're like, oh, okay, you're pretty. Like, let's see if you can sing. Okay, cool. You know, but like, you know, it's almost like they don't believe that you can do all the other things. Right. Just like be pretty and have a voice. Yeah, you've got to show, yeah, exactly. Prove yourself a bit more, which is, I don't know, to me, that's pretty ridiculous. But um, like I said, anyone that has a MacBook can just say, oh, I'm a, I'm a producer now. Um, well, so, I have a MacBook now, so watch out. <laughs> so do I. And I wouldn't call myself a producer. By, by any means. You are a producer. You produce a show. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't produce music. I guess that's my, that's where I was going with this whole thing. But anyway. you can. I, I mean, I have garage. You're a man, just, and you have a MacBook. I and I have Garage Band. I can just put a loop on, and all of a sudden, I should be selling beats. There um, you go. Well, so I'm curious on how you got from Virginia to now you're in LA. But like, did you go to college for music? Like, what from the 17 year old you writing these songs and playing with them, you know, MIDI keyboard and and doing every coffee shop? Like, what was the next step for you? I went to Berkeley College of Music. Oh, you did. Yes. Uh, I only went there for two and a half years. I mm -hmm. was doing music business and voice. And then I realized that the, you know, just sitting in a classroom and getting graded on my voice performance wasn't going to necessarily get me anywhere in the world. So I figured mm -hmm. I would drop that and, you know, try to play live and see if I get lemons thrown at me, tomatoes thrown at me. If the, that didn't happen, then I'm good. Okay. Um, and then I continued with a music business degree and I basically like figured out a way to, you know, take online classes and get out of there ASAP because it was cold. <laughs> so you ended up graduating from Berkeley, but just not yes. actually being at the school. Yes. Okay. That's cool. And you went for voice and music business. Did you have yes. to audition to get into the school? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, you don't. <laughs> well, I just talked to somebody earlier today that it's always a different experience when it comes to Berkeley. I feel like yeah. some people have to audition, they'll have to like sight reading on the spot or present them some piece of music, or it's just like, oh, they just let me in. Like, <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. Uh, so, I, so yeah, I was just interested to see how, how they, you went about it, but I guess you don't remember. So, yeah, I think they've upgraded now that you have to audition, things like that, but I'm not mm -hmm. sure. Okay. And were you learning how to produce there as well? No. Okay. So what, what did, when did that all come about? Did you started playing live? You wanted to get, see if someone's going to throw lemons at you or whatever. And then do you move to LA or like, what, what's your, next uh, so from there, after the two and a half years, I went back home to Virginia beach okay. and I sort of was, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Uh, I thought about doing studying entertainment law and being like a lawyer because I had a music business degree. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was still writing music and I had met a friend of a friend that was uh, producing music and recording and he had a studio. And so I went and I recorded three songs with him and he actually was an assistant to serving Genya, who is a mixer and he lives in Virginia beach and he mixes like Kelly Clarkson, Taylor Swift, like oh, wow. just every big pop name in, you know, the world. He lives in Virginia Beach and he uh, basically, albums? yes, 
it's pretty cool. <laughs> and basically he heard my songs that I was writing and he was like, Hey, do you want to sign a publishing deal? And at the time I didn't think of myself as like a songwriter writing for other people. You know, I just kind of like thought I was just going to write for myself and try the artist route or go into the kind of thought, Hey, like this is one of those things that you just like take an opportunity in life and you can always go back to entertainment law, but like this is mm -hmm. a once in a lifetime chance. So I signed with him. I worked in Virginia for about a year writing songs um, and then got shipped out to LA in a 26 foot Penske truck with all the things. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been here since. Wow. When you signed that deal, I'm curious because I've never actually asked anyone about this. Like when you sign a publishing deal, are you like, how does it work as far as like the, like, are you being paid by this person as like a salaried job and you're writing songs and in, in hopes that one of them get picked up or is it like, okay, I'm going to sign you. And then if something happens, then we will like rise together. Um, it's sort of both because you get signed, but you get an advance and the advance ah. depends on how, cool you are and how much clout you have. And I had zero. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> I had a little bit of both worlds, you know? So then, yeah, you might get a little bit of money up front. And then if every record, obviously you write or gets picked up by an artist, then you, that's where you can kind of start making a little bit of money that way. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay. I wasn't sure how that worked. Yeah. So you get to LA and you're writing songs for people. What was the first cut that you got? And tell me about that experience. Oh, uh, well, I did some, did some of the production stuff I did before I got to LA. Okay. Um, the Jason Derulo and the Kelly Clarkson. And then. Like, and you were, cause you were working with this mixer. You got a chance to work yes. with them or like, how did that work? Uh, he got the song and nobody, everybody was like, it's there, but it's not completely there. And so me and this other writer that was signed to him, um, we started trying to add production and they liked it. So That's really <laughs> I cool. never met Jason Derulo, never met Kelly Clarkson. Like, but to have a credit on their album. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. Maybe um, they'll see me one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with that, like, had you, how were you learning to, to do production? Was that something you were just picking up along the way? Uh, I sort of learning the music theory in, uh, in school, you can kind of see it on the piano. Like it's just, it's the best way to see it. I don't know if you know anything about music theory, but like a if you just bit. look at all the white keys, that's your C major scale or your A minor, you know? And right. that just helped me see everything. And then like, I knew how to put chords together. So I would just start, you know, figuring things out from there. Oh, amazing. And then obviously they landed at, what was that moment like? being like, whoa, they actually chose my production for, for this song or that song. It was crazy because, I mean, the Jason Derulo one, I can hear the things that I actually did. And wow. I remember I was like out somewhere and it came on and I was just like, what? Like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but no one understood. You know, I'm like, you hear that? Like, you know, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. And then, I mean, to, to get the record with, with your name on it and everything else, I mean, I'm sure that was a huge, huge accomplishment. Yes, it was amazing. And so 
doing that took you to Los Angeles, I would imagine. Yes. And then when you get to LA, what's what's next? Uh, I was just writing, trying to, you know, connect with as many people as possible, figure out what I'm doing in this crazy city. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, then at, I think around Christmas, everybody went home and I sort of just stuck around. I think I waited too long to get plane tickets and they were just way too expensive at that point. So I figured, Hey, I'll just go home, you know, another month. And, uh, during that time, I actually wrote a bunch of songs with Freddie Wexler and we ended up, uh, getting a Selena cut. Oh, wow. Yeah. So stay home and grind on Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So you ended up getting a song and you did backing vocals with her on her uh, record? Yes, but I, again, I never met her. <laughs> but still, your voice is on the album now, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what a, what a level up. Yeah. And it was crazy because then Serban mixed it. So, you know. <laughs> All and still in the family. So everything just was rolling. Yeah. Wow. And then you ended up writing for numerous other artists as I'm, as I'm looking here at your, yeah. your stuff. And that's like what was the next big like a moment for you uh i think the the next big one was jojo siwa oh okay and did you know i mean she's was like a youtuber right or she was on that show that she was on dance moms dance moms that's what it was yeah and then she had like a nickelodeon show or something or disney channel i can't remember she did yeah i think she got signed to nickelodeon from everything okay and then she had a record out and yes. you that's like when you wrote the song did you know that it was going to be pitched to her like how did that work so that actually i wrote in the studio with her oh really so what yes. was that like that was fun because she at the time she was really young but she knew exactly what she wanted okay so she would like kind of go tell you like an idea what she was thinking and you would help her what structure the song yeah, so she, I mean, she knew, like, she wanted to be a voice for younger kids. Okay. And, I mean, that space at that time, I mean, I feel like even now, like, that space was not something, you know, because everybody wants to be cool and, like, edge up and, you know, appeal right. to the older people. But, you know, she embraced that whole younger generation that didn't have a role model. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And that's really, I remember we, uh, when I, when I used to live in San Diego, we had passes to Universal Studios, like mm-hmm. season passes. My family and I would go up there all the time. And my son saw her like walking through the that like outside square area thing where there's like all the restaurants and stuff. And she's just like running around, jumping on stuff like her parents <laughs> are filming her. Like she's just like made like, hey, I'm here, like attention, not anything. And she's big, huge at this point. So it wasn't yeah. even like she was trying to be, you know, <laughs> candid about it. It was just like, hey, and like dancing. And she ended up taking a picture with my with my son and everything. It was really funny. I just was so Aww. surprised, like how in it she was in the sense that like that she wanted people to come up and talk to her and everything instead of like being like, you know, in a hat and kind of looking down. She was like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Um, so tell me when the when your artist project begins. Uh, the Mizzy sort of started, I don't, I think like a couple years ago, I started writing for Mizzy and I didn't really know 
exactly what Mizzy was going to be, you know, like sort of came up with the name during like a writing camp that the first song that I wrote, it was a, a writing camp for Lyric House. And I was writing uh, like sort of like a boss girl song, you know, it's sort of like Beyonce meets like a rappy sort of song. And uh, I didn't, I didn't know what to call like whatever, you know, was coming out, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I was like, I don't know what this is. And uh, my last name is Miley and I can't mm-hmm. go by Miley apparently because, you know, somebody <laughs> stole that. Yeah, it's not even happened? related to her. Her name is Destiny Hope, but you know, <laughs> another thing. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> I'm a little bitter. It's okay. I was going to say, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> And then somebody in the writing session was like, what about Mizzy? And I was like, that's kind of cool. And then I can like make it all caps. And I mean, that was the birth of Mizzy. And you knew these songs that you're writing was gonna, were going to be for not for pitch. It was like, okay, I want to write these for myself. Yeah. Okay. Is that, was that hard to like distinguish now? Like, do you still write for other people and then trying to kind of balance between what you're going to give your like, put out as as Mizzy versus something for somebody else yeah I mean I sort of I sort of know who Mizzy is now but at the time I I didn't really but you know because I'm a songwriter I feel like every day I get to put on different hats you know like I'm like okay this song today like if I get put into a room with somebody I'm like okay this is for this person you know and like I go in as like they're steering the ship and I let them, you know, tell me how it's going to be. Or, you know, if I'm, I'm writing as a pitch for somebody else, like I know that's not who I can be, you know? Right. Right. Oh, so you're not right. You usually know the prompt beforehand as far as like who you're going to write for, like, Oh, I'm going to write for blah, blah, blah today. It's not like you're just going to write a bunch of songs and then like submit them out to people as much anymore. Uh, It it depends, but more, I think like, Earlier in my career, that was more like, you know, I didn't know what I was writing every single time. But I think now, you know, it's more of like if I get set up with a session, I know that this person is strong in this aspect. And so we should do a song like this, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when do you you start putting out songs as Mizzy? And what was that like? Like I mean, it was... I mean, it, it, it felt cool because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun to write for other people, but at the same time, like you sort of feel like, oh, Hey, like, what am I doing? Like, I need a creative outlet for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What year did you put out your first record with Mizzy? I think 2018, 19. Okay. And then like, were you performing out as, as Mizzy at this point or not yet? No, I was just, I was just putting the songs out. Okay. And then where did that land you come 2020 when the world shut down? Were you obviously <laughs> probably not as many sessions were happening at this point. Did you have a lot of time to like focus on your, on your artist project? Uh, yeah, actually. So I can do all my setup at home. Like I have recording gear. And at the time I was in Indiana where my parents are now. And okay. so I was using my dad's walk-in closet as my studio <laughs> okay <laughs> so now like when a song comes out i'm like hey dad that was that was in your closet <laughs> that's funny yeah 
So you were able to work, obviously. Were you in LA when it all started to happen or were you in Indiana at the time? I was actually in Nashville. Oh, that's where I'm at. Oh, really? What part? I'm south, like by Franklin. Okay. I was contemplating moving to Nashville and the tornado and then COVID hit. Oh, (laughs) and the bomb. I mean, you you missed the big, it was rough. And I moved right after that, though. So I moved in February. Oh, you missed all of that. One. Yeah, had all that had happened. And then, so I've been here almost a year now. My family and I decided to move. We're, like I said, we're in San Diego and we moved here. We love it here. It's amazing. Nice. But um, yeah, it was rough <laughs> for Nashville for a, for like a, a while. I mean, it was yeah. like the bomb and COVID and the tornado ripped up the, you know, East Nashville. Yeah. Um, are you here often to write? I haven't been back since. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it kind of, the tornado kind of scared me a little bit. That was my first time ever hearing tornado sirens. You know, I asked everybody, you know, is this okay? Is this something I should worry about? They're like, it's fine. It happens all the time. Wake up. The pizza place I was going to go to in East Nashville was completely destroyed. Oh, wow. So you were here when that happened? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And obviously you're safe. Um, I I interviewed somebody that's house got, yeah, got taken out. Like, oh, my gosh. That's just crazy. There's actually, speaking of which, it's, uh, there's supposed to be t- tornadoes t- today. They just let my kids out of school oh, like no. two hours early and everything because of it. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. Wow. It's like 70 degrees and, you know, lightning and thundering. So we'll see. And the winds have been like pretty gnarly, but we're south enough where I think we'll knock on wood be all right. So <laughs> yeah. but it is a thing. I'd never Do you have a basement? No, we have like under the stairs. So. Yeah. I know we didn't, we didn't, we don't have the luxury of a basement, but, um, we built this little thing. We should be all right. But, uh, when we first moved here, there was a tornado thing happening. We were staying in an apartment before our house is ready and we're on the third floor and we had never experienced a a tornado before. And we're like, what are we doing? We're like in the bathroom, in the bathtub, like with blankets and everything else. Like it was so scary. So yeah, really scary. Yeah. I can see why (laughs) you wouldn't want to stay here. Uh, especially after hey, like, like the gnarly one, right? Yeah, but there's earthquakes here, I guess. Yeah, but I lived in San Diego for 37 years, and between there and San Francisco, and I, I'd feel them, but it was never like I don't know. I guess there's been bad ones, obviously San Francisco, L.A., but not I never had that. Like I'd experience it, but not to the capacity of like, oh my gosh, you know, people are freaked out by earthquakes. You were here when the Northridge one happened. Mm-hmm. Not in LA though, so I'm in San. I was yeah. in San Diego, but I remember that one. I mean, obviously, there's been horrid earthquakes in California, but like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like tornadoes are so often that it's like a totally different thing. I mean, you can't predict an earthquake, but you should sign up for the tweet notifications. Oh, I do. Show. I have that. Yeah, I have that. That's what I did immediately after that. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to be. Like, I got to be prepared. for this. No, somebody told me about that. That's how I found out about it. I'm like, wait, what do you do? They're like, oh, you know, follow this. It's good. Tweet it out. I'm like, OK, perfect. And I found this guy on YouTube. Actually, my wife found him. His name is Ryan Hall, y'all. And he he's like got this insane setup of like all these computers and all this like like uh, weather tracking equipment. And he's in Georgia. 
and he follows all these storms and he's like on it, like live whenever there's something like this happening. And he's like telling people like, all right, all right, Nashville, you can go to sleep now. It's going to pass up here. Like, like he's on it. It's pretty. So he's very good source. Cause we got here. I'm like, we don't have TV, you know, like yeah. where are we going to figure out like local stuff that's happening? So we found this guy and then obviously the Twitter thing was, was helpful for sure. But um, let's talk about your record, the new record. So when did you start writing this? Was it after moving away from Nashville and COVID and all that? Uh, I think the some of the songs have been in the works since, you know, I've been writing for Mizzy. They just haven't come out because I I felt like I wanted to have, you know, a big debut album to come out with these songs. Um, and I mean, I think a lot of them were written when COVID hit. Okay. I think there's like 18 songs on there. Wow. That's a big record. So, and you've also got a lot of songs with some of those songs got, you know, some major syncs and big television shows and and those are Mizzy songs, right? Yes. I just had a most recent one. I got a song on the Super Bowl commercial. Did you really? Yes. Which one? That's awesome. Uh, The promo. Thank you. It was the promo for the end game. Really? Yes. Wow. What was that like watching the Super Bowl and seeing that? It was so surreal. <laughs> that is awesome. It happened around like the two minute warning. And I was starting to think, I was like, did they forget about my song? Like what's going on? Like I haven't heard it. Did I miss it? Was I in the bathroom? And then all of yeah. a sudden it just like hit. And what a, what a time too. You got like a prime time on that yes. because- the, the game was so close and then LA's coming back and like people are glued to the you know screen at this yeah. point. <laughs> wow. I saw that they spent $7 million on a 30 second commercial. Wow. That just blew my mind. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. To have your, and the, but the, how many eyes and ears are on that? That's amazing. That, that so happened. Many. That's, do you have a copy of the commercial? Uh, yeah, I put it on my Instagram, but I can that's, send it over to you guys. That's awesome. That's really cool. So tell me about, okay, so the record's coming out on March 11th and are you going to do any sort of live shows to support it? Uh, I've been thinking about it, but I'm not sure like where COVID is right. all the time. You know, every time yes. I think that we're coming out of it, it goes back. Right. Yeah. I just saw a couple other artists just canceled shows coming up. I'm like, really? Like, I thought this thing. <laughs> It's just so crazy. It's like never ending. Yeah. And the Grammys were moved from LA. Now they're in Vegas. Oh, I didn't even see that. Did that really? Really? Is that mm-hmm. new news? I guess I need to up, be up on that. But that that is yeah. big. I mean, to move it out of LA. Yeah. Which is surprising since they had the Super Bowl there. I know. Like you would think it'd be okay. But I think they decided because they were talking about moving the Super Bowl. So I think they decided before they actually had the Super Bowl. Oh, that they were going to move it anyway. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, cool. Thank you so much for, for doing this. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's been awesome. Um, I have one more quick question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Uh, I think just believe in yourself and, you know, do everything you can to, to put yourself out there and to, you know, just, get the knowledge and try things and try to write by yourself, you know, and connect with people. And I think that's the best thing to do. 